your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So, South Korea, Japan, China. A trilateral summit for the first time in more than three years took place yesterday with plenty said on North Korea and striving to confront a difficult past. But what about the present tensions in the South China Sea? No mention of that, apparently. Even after the US decided to send the destroyer Lassen within 12 nautical miles of an artificial island built by China in the South China Sea's Spratly Islands last week. It's been an issue that's certainly been raising concerns, but also places Seoul in a difficult position uh, amid our own bolstering ties with Beijing. Let's first head to China for some analysis on this before the United States. Professor Ding Li Shen, Vice Dean of the Institute of International Affairs at Fudan University in Shanghai, joins us on the line. Good morning. Good morning. So China wasn't happy at all about this U.S. destroyer coming so close as one might uh, expect and anticipate. But can you explain uh, China's view of this as, as an act of aggression? Well, we think uh, uh, U.S. Uh, should uh, uh, respect uh, international law. That international law stipulates that China has a right to build up the island. And international law stipulates that the U.S. should uh, observe U.N. Charter not to sell weapons to Taiwan. International law uh, says that the U.S. should get the U.N. mandate before going to Iraq to topple the Saddam government. U.S. did none of them. So suddenly U.S. say U.S. would respect international law to send its warship to within 12 nautical miles of those artificial islands of China. So China suspects, is this the U.S. that really respects international law? Mm. We have great suspicion of the U.S. Yes. Uh, so U.S. considers that it has the freedom of navigation to sail into such uh, near water of China's island. We also believe that there is a greater chance that the Chinese warship and the U.S. warship would collide in this area. Welcome, U.S. warship. A lot of other nations in the area would support the U.S., though, and be suspicious of of China's move to expand and, and its own territorial claim over uh, such a vast area of the South China Sea. What would you say to those who are suspicious about Beijing's moves? Uh, Vietnam took 48 uh, islands and reefs from China because before Vietnam unified in 1975, Vietnam officially admitted that entire Politically belong to China. What other country have have say about Vietnam's aggression on China's island? And Vietnam reclaimed uh, this island to make it bigger. Why is it to uh, support the U.S. to send warship to within 12 nautical miles of such a reclaimed island Vietnam uh, took from China? Mm. So we really have difficulty with that. Why they would not say, according to international law, Vietnam should return this island to China. Mm. And the uh, U.S. should also use international law to send its warship to within 12 nautical miles to uh, Vietnam's new waters. 
So we really have difficulty, and uh, why they would be so uh, 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 kind of uh, biased. Yeah, Professor Shen, what's great about speaking to you this morning is that I think we're getting a genuine sense of, of China's feeling on this. But the thing is, when we hear from the, the statesman, there's a more diplomatic stance. In fact, Xi Jinping, the president, visited the United States only around a month ago. And what, how significant is it that this happened, you know, with this U.S. warship so soon after that state visit? Uh, I don't know what they talk about in White House, but I do know that international law gives China the right to reclaim its land on China's territory. The only difference is that whether China qualifies territorial water or not. Uh, but uh, even if China would not a territorial uh, qualified territorial water for this artificial island, U.S. also send, should send its uh, ship to within 12 nautical miles of Vietnam's reclaimed uh, uh, island, which originally belonged to China. Mm. U.S. should to, to, to do it to tell it is a fair player. And also, China still share uh, its, right, uh, its uh, uh, interest with U.S. to uh, protect the freedom of navigation. China would not block uh, such uh, freedom of navigation uh, outside of the 12 nautical miles uh, 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 of China's island, uh, because this is international water. And even China has not blocked the U.S. Uh, 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 freedom navigation within China's new water uh, for the recent U.S. USS license uh, 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 tour. China has not blocked. Yeah. Pro Professor Shen, thank you for joining us. We're going to hear the U.S. perspective on this now. Great to have you on the line. Professor Deng Shen. Fudan University in Shanghai. Let's now carry on the discussion then with Professor Andrew Nathan from the Department of Political Science, Columbia University. And good morning to you from Seoul. Hello. Um, so what we've just had there is a portrayal of the US as, as being rather belligerent and um, perhaps going beyond provocative. I mean, obviously, the US knew what they were doing in sending this warship so close to the Spratly Islands. And, and there was a message there, but was was the U.S. right to do so? I think so, although I'm not uh, in the position of speaking for the U.S. I'm an independent analyst, but I think there's a disagreement between China and the U.S. over the content of international law. One of the points that Professor Shun made is he seemed to say that it's um, not necessarily true that this uh, artificial island does generate a 12 nautical mile territorial sea. He said even if it doesn't, then the U.S. should avoid provocation. So that's one issue. Does the island generate a 12 nautical mile sea? And then the second issue is um, what can one do in a 12 nautical mile territorial sea? So the U.S. position is uh, it doesn't generate a 12 nautical mile territorial sea because it's an artificial island, mm. and the U.S. also takes the view that uh, freedom of navigation allows it to, allows the U.S. to sail warships, um, you know, anywhere where there isn't a territorial sea that the U.S. recognizes. Yes. Um, hearing Professor Shen speaking before reminded me of, um, of actually hearing President Vladimir Putin of Russia speak about U.S. flybys and, and other actions that Russia has considered to be provocative uh, in the context of this 
post-Cold War frostiness. Does this all suggest that we're building up to something here or, or do you think that, you know, some sort of resolution can be met where, where everybody can be at least relatively peaceful going forward? <laughs> I don't think a resolution is going to happen. I mean, there are a number of issues, as he indicated as well. You know, there, the Vietnamese have occupied a number of landforms. The Malaysians have done so. There are many overlapping claims to landforms in the territorial sea. And then there are these issues about what does international law permit and, and so all, I don't think those issues are going to be resolved in the near future, uh, but I, I, I am optimistic that a military clash will be avoided. As Professor Shun indicated, the Chinese side was careful, and so was the American side careful at this time to, you know, to not uh, um, collide with one another, fire on one another, approach one another with radars and helicopters flying and so forth. So I don't think we're going to see an armed clash. There could mm. be an accident at sea, but probably all sides will try to avoid it. The U.S. did, in fact, by the way, sail into the 12 nautical mile zone of some Vietnamese and Philippine islands as well. It, the, the U.S. Navy uh, holds the principle of freedom of navigation vis-a-vis -vis all claims around the world, Libya, Iran, and elsewhere, Ecuador, that, it, that the U.S. doesn't recognize as legal. Yeah, I mean, just to, again, draw on your position as an independent analyst, as you said, who's not representing Washington, how should we, the rest of the world, be viewing the U.S. There's there's this tendency when we're allied to the U.S. as we are militarily here in South Korea to, to to kind of look at it in very simple terms: the good guys, the bad guys, and 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 so on. But is the U.S. sometimes or often guilty of of being the provocateur? Um, I'm not sure I would choose the word provocateur, but I think he made a very good point when he said. Uh, in effect, the U.S. violated um, international law when it invaded Iraq and, uh, without U.N. sanction and so forth. The U.S. does not always um, wait for the U.N. Security Council to, uh, you know, give it permission to do things. Um, and the U.S. will always say that it's obeying international law. And I think any power will say that, but mm. um, sometimes the U.S., I wouldn't say provoke, but sometimes the U.S. will take military action uh, despite the opposition of other countries and despite sometimes the belief by international law experts that what it's doing is against international law. A brief final question. When you had um, these allies in the same room as the Chinese Premier yesterday in Prime Minister Shinzo Abe of Japan and President Pakenhe of South Korea. Do you think Washington would have hoped that they might have brought this issue up? No, I don't think. The, the South China Sea issue, I don't think so. I think Washington understands that among those three countries, uh, uh, you know, South Korea and Japan are not claimants in the South China Sea. And, um, but that South they might Korea have... Japan, but that they might yeah. have tr tried to in encourage China to, to take a, a responsible attitude o over a, a range yeah. of territorial issues. That's true. And, of course, China and uh, 
Japan have territorial issues and South Korea and Japan have territorial mm. issues. But then again, I think among those three countries, there are some issues that are even higher on the agenda at the moment. So I, I doubt that the U.S. Um, I mean, I think the U.S. has definitely tried to mobilize the Southeast Asian countries. Yes, indeed. We've got to leave it there, China. Professor Nathan. I'm sorry, but thank you very much for, for joining us, Professor Andrew Nathan. You're very welcome. From Columbia University.